Episode 5. Financially, it was catastrophic. Volleyball, it seemed catastrophic, but in life, it, you know, there's a silver lining. And I think I've grown from it. You might be smarter, your daddy might own a company, but you will not outwork me. This one right here is for the people. I'm your host, Ryan J. Owens, current pro athlete, entrepreneur, and former USA national team volleyball player. I will not be defined by my athleticism alone, but I've learned how to leverage it, to stay passionate about it, and prepare for life. That's why the Beyond Athletic Podcast was born. I'll bring you case studies of current and former elite athletes making it happen in life, as well as tips and lessons from top sources in sports, nutrition, fitness, entrepreneurship, and more. I'm here to tell you that you are Beyond Athletic. So guys, today, fantastic episode with Justin Duff of Team Canada, now in Poland, playing in the top league there, one of the strongest leagues in the world. You'll be excited after you hear this. This guy is super focused, very good heart. He's incredibly gifted at what he does, and I hope if you enjoy the show, you'll leave a review, beyondathletic.com forward slash review, that's beyondathletic.com forward slash review, and those will be used in tweets to you and Instagram pictures showing you love for showing us love and eventually on iTunes. So thanks so much for your support. Please share our Indiegogo campaign, igg.me forward slash at forward slash beyond athletic. And even if you just go there, check it out, you'll know why I started this show. You could donate a couple bucks or more, and uh, we've got swag on there that we're going to have made for Beyond Athletic and some other cool stuff. But uh, even more than that, guys, just get the word out and, and tell friends. Post it on your pages, web pages, your Twitters, your Facebooks, all that kind of good stuff. There's a lot of great stuff going on here. It's all going to stay free. And eventually, I'd love to have a couple people on staff that could make the keynotes for you guys to read and also make sure the audio is fantastic because I am definitely not great at it, but I'm trying. So enjoy. Hey, everybody. So we've got on the show today, Justin Duff of Canada Volleyball. Go Canucks, huh? Eh. How are you, bud? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing really well. So it's been a while since we got to catch up. I know we were talking a little bit before, but uh, I want to kind of jump right into a brief bio of you. You're 26. You were born in 88, May 10. How was your birthday? Like then or now? Yeah, yeah, now obviously. No, my birthday was good. Just surrounded by friends, hanging out. We hadn't traveled there with the team, so it's good. Awesome. Did I say happy birthday? I don't remember, but... Uh, happy belated. Happy belated, I'll take that. <laughs> My bad. Uh, so, here, just a little bit so people understand uh, about you and where you've come from so far. You started playing volleyball in 04. You turned yeah. pro in 2011. And you got with the national team for the first time in 2009, made the senior team 2010. And since then, your best finishes are, I think, 
paralleled with the best finishes for Team Canada in a very long time, right? Yeah, no, we've been uh, we've been doing good lately. Nice. So you got fifth in World League in 2013, and you got a seventh this year in World Championships, which was pretty awesome. I saw your news, or I saw a headline with your name, and I was like, oh yeah, go Duff. <laughs> I can't remember where I saw it, but anyways, and then your best finish pro was first for, is it Belogory? Belgorod, yeah. Russia. Belgorod, Belgorod. Yeah, man, Super League Russia. Unreal. That's so cool. So we met actually last, well, this year, but last season in Indonesia, when we both took a little vacation volleyball. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, and I remember when you, when I met you, was it at the fitness place or was it at the hotel first? Was at the, the hotel for sure. Was it, and I'm just like, this is gonna be, this is gonna be awesome. Like at first I thought. Oh, some random Canadian's coming, and I don't know what he's going to be like. And then I was like, he's mixed. Very interesting. I've never played with another mixed player. I was like, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's rad. So, all right. Um, I've given everybody kind of a brief overview. Uh, just to go through your pro, you played for Vienna Hot Volleys in Austria, Arcus, Izmir, Turkey. Then you moved on to Russia, which we just talked about. And a brief stint with me in Indo, where we ended up second, because I tanked in the finals. But that's okay, because I wasn't happy there. Um, and my ankle was strained. Tons of reasons. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> and now you're, you're headed to Poland. Um, we'll get to that, but why don't you do me a favor, and for everybody, just kind of go through your story, just where you were born, your kind of family situation growing up, and how you got into volleyball. Yeah, sure. So uh, I was I was born to a, a loving mother, single mother who uh, ended up having three kids, and I with me being the oldest. Um, being a single mother with three kids has certain things that follow it. You know, we didn't have a lot of extra money. Uh, my mom, you know, did everything that she could to give us best opportunities and best. Uh, she really uh, helped us and supported us when we wanted to play sports. Like, I grew up playing soccer, baseball, et cetera. Like, just loved playing sports. All my childhood, I'd be out in the yard with, like, my other brothers. And um, at about 14, 15, I had a, my big growth spurt and just became this uncoordinated mess of limbs <laughs> that I'm still trying to deal with. <laughs> you had yours pretty early. I think I got mine when I was uh, 16, 17. 17. Oh man, nice. Yeah, but uh, uncoordinated. Wait, 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 wait. Let me go back to that. Uncoordinated. Yeah. Okay, then, but not now. Well, I mean, it's a lot better now. You're you're the guy who's doing circus acts in the middle of like training, handstands all the way across the gym, flying, touching. Yeah. What is it? You touch like what is it? Three, three. What is it? Really three seventy or is it three sixty something? No, it's 370 legitimately, but uh, I don't know. I haven't measured in a while. I'm not, I'm, you know, I just, I had to ask because everywhere you see something different. So, okay, take it away. Yeah, so uh, after I, I tried it for the volleyball team when I was in grade nine, so like 14, I think 14 years old, and I hadn't really, I'd never really played before. And how and did you, how did you hear about the team? How did that even come about, like? I uh, just, it was not that it was popular in my high school, but I was always the guy that played 
all sorts of sports and I had just finished playing hockey and so I was looking for something else to do during the fall kind of winter and uh, I saw oh, volleyball tryouts and some of my friends or like some of the athlete kids were, were going to it and I thought oh, I might as well and uh, I get there and everyone kind of knew what they were doing and like knew the skills and I was just awful and I was kind of tall and like could kind of jump but just didn't have a clue what was going on and I ended up getting cut like pretty much right away. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just said, okay, forget volleyball. I'm going to try and play basketball now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then in grade 10, like I had my growth spurt. I was about 6'4", and I was like dunking basketballs and stuff. And then the volleyball coach said, okay, maybe you can play for us now. <laughs> I love how they just threw you away, and then they're like, oh, wait a minute, you can jump come back please yes please <laughs> yeah but I, that first year all i ever learned was try and hit hit the ball hit like hit a 50 in the middle and yeah. try and block all right all right, all right. is that canadian speak for like a, a two in the middle is that oh yeah what would you call it or like a quick a quick a one a one yeah, a yeah. One, probably one i remember playing with uh hansen and izmir and that we had <laughs> yeah. He's like 50, so one times 50 would be <laughs> high ball in the middle. Yeah, high ball in the middle. Pretty much, well, That's pretty much what I was doing that year. Uh, but anyway, I, uh, I, was, I was playing, and our team wasn't very good, and we were in a division with a lot of actually decent volleyball schools with coaches that had experience and players that played club and stuff, and I didn't know about any of that. And uh, one day after we played one of these decent teams, a guy came up to me and he said, hey, like, you know, you're, you're athletic and you could probably do well in volleyball, but you should probably start playing club. And so a, a guy at my school uh, started hooking me up with that because he had played for the university before. And I went out to this club practice where all these guys, uh, we actually it was the best club in Canada. We w ended up winning nationals. So all these guys were really good, talented, and like knew how to play. And yeah, I was still incredibly raw. Yeah. It was just struggling with the whole idea of do I even try? It looks like I'm just miles behind these guys. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Uh, how fast do you? How fast did you catch up? Uh, well, I guess I I got helped out by some natural talent, and you know if you're taller than everyone and jumping way higher than everyone you have a big advantage in volleyball right for sure i i started to make a lot of gains after my second year like uh after grade 12 or after after grade 11 going to grade 12 mm. is when i actually became good at the small part of the game that i was ever allowed to play yeah yeah so specialized right away into the middle and uh then after my grade 12 season, I had to, I was invited out to junior national team tryouts, which was really unexpected. I'd never really thought about playing for Canada. I could, you know, in, in hockey, you kind of figure find out pretty early if you're going to be playing for Team Canada or not. And I was well, yeah, far away from that. And for everybody listening around the world that doesn't know, uh, Canada number one sport is hockey. Yeah, we're pretty good at it. Pretty awesome, yeah. <laughs> so from there, you you went to college, and then the rest of the story is kind of the history that we already went over. 
Um, I think one of the key things that I thought was really interesting in there, and of course, when we met and we talked about it, was that you grew up as a single child, also like myself. Um, you had your mother, I had my father. And yeah. that's very interesting, actually, to be in that situation and get into sports and also get around other young guys and things like that and still be coming home to the single parent and having that dynamic, I think it actually makes you a little bit stronger in terms of like developing skills that you wouldn't normally have because you're forced to get that somewhere else, you know? But, uh, so before we start, I do like to have my guests go over a quote or a motto that they believe in basically it could be inspirational motivational something like that do you have anything like that yeah something like that um i just want people to know don't be afraid to fail because you need to you need that to grow uh things aren't always going to go your way and that's okay you should expect that and you should try and use it as a way to make yourself better to rebuild yeah Awesome. Failure is an option and it's necessary, I think, to progress in anything. You got to take that chance. Absolutely agree. You didn't fail, you didn't try hard enough. There you go. And you never stop trying until you get it. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Now, I definitely want to get into a little bit about your goals in sport, but also your goals in life. So let's go first with your goals for volleyball. Well, this is the first year I actually wrote down uh, my goals because I had heard a couple of uh, speeches. A friend of mine was, uh, you know, getting into that kind of a thing. And so I wanted to make sure this year that I was uh, had was healthy enough in the summer to not miss any tournaments or any matches. And that was my first goal. So steps I took to that was really, really on top of rehab and uh, made sure that I was taking care of my body, make sure that I wasn't pushing it too far at any point, like, and wasn't afraid to say, hey, like, I need to stop for a little bit because I, I know what I need. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, you know, just writing that down and seeing it every day, you know, really kept, it kept me aware and uh, kept me working on it. Another goal I had was I wanted to, and because of injuries, I hadn't always been a starter on Team Canada. Like, it's tough. I find national team are really difficult because there's so much on the line. Like, every match you play, every action you take, and we don't get a whole ton of games that, that you know, we all the games we're playing are very meaningful. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be a starter the entire time I was with the national team. I wanted to kind of cement my place as that. And just uh, in world championships now, the only game I didn't start was our kind of throwaway match against a weaker team. So, All right. So really you've, uh, or, or before I get into my kind of overview of that, what, um, how did you keep them in front of you all the time? So you wrote them down and where were they actually that you could see them every day? They're actually on my, de- uh, <laughs> you know the F4 button on Max where you get that little, uh, what it's called dashboard yes dashboard yeah so i mean i'm usually around my computer at least sometime in the day press on the dashboards you know see how see how the weather is back home see the time 
and mm. check out the currencies and then I have my goals and other notes. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's really important. That's a really good takeaway for people to learn that your goals are, are great to have and they're going to get you somewhere because they're a roadmap. But you're not going to just leave a roadmap in your head. You're going to write it down and see it and see it all the time if, you're, if you get lost or you, you know, for instance, oh man, I need to refocus. I feel a little bit like I'm not heading where I want to be. You can just check it out and that's great. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, well, you're going to be accountable to yourself. For sure, for sure. That's a big thing. And is this person that uh, helped you realize this? Anybody we would know in the sports world? <laughs> well, I think the best example of someone doing this I've ever seen was uh, Ryan J. Owens in his hotel in Indonesia. <laughs> oh, my God. That's true. <laughs> I remember walking in there and thinking, what is going on here with these markers on the windows? But then I read them. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not some kind of horror movie flick. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sorry, that's hilarious. Uh, you say it in like right here, literally. Got to keep them in front of yourself. Every morning, it's on my mirror too. No. Um, so, and what's your? what are your goals in life? I, I, one of the things I really uh, respected about you was that you, um, different than many athletes, actually were thinking out of the box and you're thinking beyond volleyball and uh, I like that because that's the perfect reason for having you on because the podcast is beyond athletic and I think it's really important for us to plan for our futures and prepare and it seemed like you were doing some things to set yourself up because I know you're a person that has family values and things like that and you want to have a great family life. Um, What are your goals in your life outside of sports? Um, one project I've been thinking of starting recently is uh, catering to a hotel clientele and working with uh, translation. Because you know we travel around the world a lot. We English is a is a big language that a lot of people use, a lot of business people use. And I don't know if uh, it's always presented as well as it could be for different companies. So mm-hmm. that's a, a project I just started to work on just to see like, okay, what do I need to do to, to be legitimate in this kind of a business? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have a mathematics degree. I don't necessarily want to do, if I would, I would go back to school or I would start some kind of my own business. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't plan that volleyball will take me into retirement. And I'm not exactly so keen on making it the focus of my life afterwards, because I think that there. I mean, it, although we are becoming experts at a certain thing and we put a lot of time into it, for me, I, there are other things I want to do. The other little, uh, what are they called? Kind of things I want to fall in love with and things I want to apply myself into. Yeah, other passions, yeah. other avenues you want to. Yeah, I also like to write a book, um, other fiction, or just kind of. <laughs> autobiographical but uh mm. you know we'll see if my life is interesting yeah you know what it's i'm i'm glad you said that because i've been toying around with that idea just thinking about all the stuff that i've witnessed and done and experienced over these last years like through volleyball it's just 
when I think about it sometimes and people tell me their stories, I'm just, wow, what is going on in my life? Why am I so much? <laughs> this traveling and being an athlete really does give you some perspective on life and some interesting stories. So I think we all have stories to tell, even if you're not a professional athlete. So I no, say go for it, dude. No, like when you're, you know, we're switching places every year, you come up to new obstacles all the time. You got to find solutions and you got to find friends and, it just puts you in some really interesting situations. Yeah. So that's awesome. So you, in volleyball, you're you're going after your, your smaller goals, which I would say are, yeah, more immediate. And what's your ultimate goal for volleyball? Like, what's the biggest goal that you would like to achieve? You know, I want to I play a couple of years as a, as a top middle in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really on that level yet. There's things I still need to work on, like service and blocking, but... I think that it might be attainable, and I'm gonna I'm gonna chase that down. I just I want to be known. Yeah, this guy is legitimate. He's ri- risen to near the top in his craft, and just want that acknowledgement from from myself and you know others help too. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I can understand that. Um, great man, thanks a lot. I I I do have a question about the the business and um, possibly author. <laughs> goals that you have which are awesome uh how 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 big of a role do you feel in education plays and that could mean your academic education for instance higher education but also learning outside for instance through online courses or reading um i think we talked about a book did we tim ferris four hour work week yeah 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 this uh things like that how important do you think that plays a role in preparing for these goals that you have after i think that all opens your mind education introduces you to things that maybe you would never think about and it's not right to rob yourself of that opportunity because there are so many people who have lived so many different lives and they make them there available for you to experience in a fairly quick and easy way yeah yeah, it can add so much. It can, it definitely can. And so that's definitely a mistake I think you did not make. <laughs> you definitely got your degree, and that's awesome. One of the, the great values or characteristics that I noticed right away about you is I was like, man, this guy's really, really smart. <laughs> like intelligent in terms of book smart for sure, but in general also. But it, that definitely stuck stuck out that you were academically I knew that you were probably an overachiever, for sure an achiever. Um, so I, I think I knew your answer to that question. But uh, speaking of not making errors, what would you say in your career thus far, volleyball, was your biggest mistake or obstacle thus far? Uh, I'm going to say there were, there were two, and the first one's a quick one. Um, when I first decided I was going to play club when I was 16, I, we needed to come up with $500 to make the trip to nationals. And you know, I was told this, and $500 is, it was expensive, and we didn't have that money. But I was working all throughout high school, and I managed to, to save up and you know, get a little bit extra time to, to pay it. And I was at the point thinking, Man, Justin, 
is this going to be worth it? Are you going to have fun playing volleyball? You don't know it so well. These guys are so far ahead of you at the moment, and you're going to have to work pretty hard to make this happen. So, you know, it's up to you to make this decision. And now I, I don't regret that at all. I'm so happy because it gave me, it opened a whole new world for me and let me travel the world and see all sorts of different places and pay for my education, university education. Like I never even thought, I didn't even know I'd go to university. Like I hadn't put much thought into it until volleyball was saying, hey, like you can get a scholarship. Yeah, that was the, the, the money was the first obstacle. I'm so glad that I'm, that I overcame it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in the your, second obstacle happened to me more recently. I actually was the reason that I was in Indonesia. I had uh, just come off a pretty good season in Turkey and uh, went signed with the Russian team, best in the world, like with opposite George Grozier and Dmitry Mazerski, Sergei Kishuk, and all these like amazing top athletes on my team, and we were winning the best league in the world. And I just felt on top of the world with them. And... Uh, I decided that I was going to try and go back, you know, with all of my might, let's say. And they had told me, yeah, no problem. We're going to, we want you back. We won the championship, of course. And so I had other offers, good offers from good teams and leagues, including my, my team in Turkey. And I said, no, I'm waiting for this team. And, you know, weeks went on, months went on. Yeah, yeah, next week, next week, next week. And then eventually it was, Justin, sorry, we're not interested in taking you this year. And right at, around that moment as well, I got a, not a serious injury, but an injury that cost me most of the summer. And so I wasn't playing. I didn't have a job. I was stressing out because a lot of things had come to, like, once I decided to play volleyball, a lot of things had come to me pretty easy, pretty upfront. Mm -hmm. And... The first time where I was faced with pretty much a catastrophe situation where I didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't playing. I wasn't doing the thing I wanted to do. And I was getting worse, of course, because I wasn't playing. And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was a huge kind of moment for me. And I don't even know if I regret it because... I was given the opportunity to go to Indonesia, which I never thought I would, would go to. And I, I met so many awesome people, you know, including yourself, Ryan, like great people that I like to hang out with and that I would Thank you, man. I would I would see throughout my life and have some incredible experiences. Also I was able to take a lot of time off and do proper rehab and start some of that goal setting. I'm better for it now because of that experience. Although it Financially, it was catastrophic. Volleyball, it seemed catastrophic, but in life, it you know, there's a silver lining, and I think I've grown from it. Mm. Two really, really good examples of obstacles and overcoming them. Just to review, um, one takeaway I have is money is not a big obstacle. You can get a job and make the money, and you got a job at the age of what? Uh, 15. 15, you're working, you're playing volleyball, and you're going to school. And a lot of people wouldn't have that initiative. And I think that's a great lesson to say to people, it's possible to do all those things. Even when you think you don't have the time, there's definitely time. What kind of job was it? Uh, I worked at McDonald's all throughout high school. Hey, all respect, respect. Those are yeah. tough jobs. It takes a lot of patience to work at a job like that. 
Did you, did you get something out of it you felt? Values? Oh, yeah, it was one of the best. It was a great experience. I loved working there because I got to deal with so many people. I got to meet, you know, other kids from the other high schools in the area. Yeah. So socially, it expanded so much. And yeah, it did teach me. How, I, I knew how to work pretty hard. Like I was, a, I was a good employee and I wasn't lazy. I wasn't the kind of guy that's calling in sick and stuff. But it does introduce you to those people too. And yeah. So that enriches your life in another way. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then the second thing, uh, your second obstacle that you overcame was basically not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, kind of going, whoa, I have no job. I'm injured. I was just on top of the world. And what now? And uh, yeah. when you could have just kind of curled up into a ball and just been like, oh, God, it's all over, you kept pushing through. So basically yeah. the takeaway I get from that is just stay consistent. You know, things are going to happen where – you know, it doesn't go your way, but it's not the end of the road because through a lot of hard work and dedication, setting the right goals, keeping them in front of you, you can really make progress. And uh, I can attest to the fact that when you came to Indo, uh, from the beginning to the end, all I saw was a guy who just wanted it so bad. And sometimes I would see you check yourself like, okay, I got it. Let me just step back, take a breath and go back at it. Instead of getting so overwhelmed, and then going into a show, like that was really inspiring to see. So next thing I definitely want to know then, we've gone over the, the biggest obstacles. Uh, what was a defining moment in your young life to make you into who you are today? Oh, wow. To be honest, I got really attached to volleyball when, and it's a, it's a very shallow reason, but it, it helped me stick with it. I was told... Wow, Justin, you you jump really high, like probably the highest here. And this was with my 16 year old club team. I thought, oh well, at least I can do something that these guys can't. <laughs> and just to be told that I was talented in some way that other people weren't, kind of made me, all right. Well, now I want to try and use this talent. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So that yeah, because sometimes you know kids just don't know. <laughs> Yeah. They don't value themselves, you think. Yeah, they don't know that they have potential. They don't know how powerful they they can be. And sometimes it, you need an adult to, to tell you that or to give you some kind of hope or inspiration. Yeah. This self-worth is really important. And it's something I learned later in life, but also volleyball was the catalyst for me. And uh, that's, a, that's, that's a good one, actually. And uh, what was... Let's say in your volleyball education, at what point did you have a kind of an aha moment? Because you said you struggled a bunch in the beginning. At what point did it just kind of click? Was there, could you like define it down to one moment where you just go, oh, wait, that's how I'm supposed to do it. And what caused that? I think I'm still searching for that moment, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, okay, buddy. I know you're you're constantly trying to get better and all of that. I love that. But there's definitely had to be something. Yeah. I, actually, I'd say it was in my fourth year of university because uh, it was the first time where I was – and in Canada, you're allowed to play five years. Yeah. So we had, a, we had a really good group. My first year, we won nationals. Second year, we got second at nationals. But uh, in my fourth year, I was 
like the main guy on the team, the guy who gets the balls, who's supposed to get the score the points and be a leader play wise and you know vocally. And it was a new experience for me. It was an experience that I absolutely loved. And I think having the confidence that, yeah, like I'm the guy that needs to get it done mm-hmm. made me into a much better player. Because you just, even if you lack some of the skills, you find ways to, to work really hard, to focus really hard, and to, to win and to perform. Mm-hmm. So I, that was a big change for me, how I felt from my third year going into my fourth year. Right. And speaking of performance, for you, I'm going to give you two scenarios. Let's say really important match, game is on the line, you understand that, let's say you're playing defense, right? So you have to block the ball, and you know that if you block this ball straight down, you get the point, or you get a soft touch on it and you get back up. Knowing that, having that pressure, tell me, how do you, what are you thinking in those moments to handle, for instance, an insane amount of pressure like that? Yeah, I've been thinking about this lately. Um, you you know what sc- the score is normally, so it's hard to say. Don't think about the future, but the more you think about the future, the more you simulate things in a nervous way, the more you'll get surprised when those don't occur. So, in the really tight moments, you need to be really focused on what is happening now. Where did the ball go? Where do I need to go? Where is the ball going? Where do I need to go? Like, you, if you're projecting yourself into the future and like all the, there's a million different things that you can simulate, but only one of them is going to happen. It's a lot easier to, to focus on what is happening and make yeah. your decisions off of that. And so no matter what the score is, I don't care. Like, I love having the ball in those plush pressure situations. I love having the opportunity to go and, to try and win the match or to to do what I can to help my team win the match. So, yeah. yeah. So one more scenario then. So the bat the the last one I didn't give you what happened right before. Now let's say it's 26, 27, your team is down. Mm-hmm. You know that you're about to receive the ball and the coach just t- told you you're going to get this next ball. And before that, the last two points, you just hit two balls out of bounds. (laughs) Now, what what do you do? It doesn't matter whether it's breathing or something, uh, some habit that you have, a ritual, for instance. But what do you do to set yourself kind of just like, this moment, I'm in this moment? Well, I I do like to talk to myself. And I find that in a way, that's how I calm myself down. It is, it is crazy, yes, I admit. Crazy smart. But, you know, sometimes you need, to, you need to hear a voice, and even if it's your own voice, it helps you. So if you had stressful events that happen, I think you do need to take a little bit of time to almost grieve and to let yourself get over it, because if you don't acknowledge it, it can manifest itself in other negative ways. If you know that you need to get this ball and things everything's on the line for it you have to you have to get over it and you have to apply yourself again immediately to what's happening mm-hmm. so you can't think about those things they happened and they are over so the moment it comes into your mind what are you what self-talk what exact self-talk are you saying to yourself in that in those split seconds 
I'm saying, Justin, it's okay. Sometimes people screw up. Sometimes people screw up two or three times in a row. But you're not going to screw up this time. So you should pay attention to what's happening and go kill the ball. And then you go into the moment. Awesome. Great advice. Yeah. So another thing I like to do is uh, because we are playing an elite level sport, what mm -hmm. personal habits do you feel contribute to your success physically as an athlete in terms of eating habits and recovery? Well, eating, actually diet is not something that I put a lot of restrictions on myself. Like I love sweets, so I will indulge in some kind of a, a chocolate or a cake if I have the opportunity. But, you know, you need to, uh, I, we're, and maybe you're in the same situation I am, we're a little bit gifted naturally where we can just eat and it's not so bad. We don't need to focus so, so much on that. Like we're not going to, you know, destroy yeah. ourselves by just eating normal food. Um, a lot of guys, they do, they have big rituals and warm-ups and they listen to a certain type of music or get into a certain type of zone. I'm really relaxed before games, before practices, um, thinking about whatever I feel like thinking about. And I try and get into the moment as it's happening. You know, I don't need a lot of time, or at least I don't feel that I need a lot of time or preparation before a match to be able to play well in that match. But I do need to find myself at some kind of a point of arousal. I need to make sure I often, I ask myself, Justin, are you paying enough attention? Justin, are you awake enough? Justin, mm -hmm. like, are you telling yourself the truth or a lie right now? Yeah. Yeah. So always questioning kind of the motive behind your self-talk to keep it in check, make sure it's positive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got you. And what's a, what like rest or recovery habits do you feel like you have that help you out? Well, I've tried a lot of things. I had uh, knee problems growing up and playing volleyball or just with patellar tendonitis, nothing more serious than that, thankfully. And I did a lot of icing and I believe that helps, but I do less icing now and more stretching because uh -huh. I found better results. Like I was not a flexible person. I wasn't a person who did a lot of stretching or valued it. But since I have uh, applied myself more in that area, I just, I feel faster, I feel more athletic. I have a decent range of motion now, and I think that helps in a lot of indirect ways, especially for a volleyball player. So I make sure to take my time to stretch and to stay flexible, and I feel that that has helped me stay on the court and stay without injuries this past year. Hmm. I think that's actually fantastic habit to have because I also had big issues after, I don't know, I was in Italy a few years ago, several years ago, and I was there over the summer. And for the first time, I sat a ton. I sat at my computer and I worked a lot. Um, and I noticed that next year, it was the first time I ever had knee problems. And I was like, what's going on? MRIs, all this stuff, nothing showed anything. And I go to my sister, uh, Juliet Barnes, who's an athletic trainer for the U.S. soccer team, right? Because I want, I want the best advice I can possibly get. I'm like, Juliet, listen, something's going on. And uh, she checks me out, whatever. She's like, dude, your hip flexors are just way too tight. Plus, your butt muscles aren't strong enough. <laughs> so I was like, ah, okay, well, let me try it out. What should I do? Stretch. 
ah, this is what it was. It, I mean, I stretched for a good couple of weeks all the time, and I felt so much better. So I hear you. I hear you. That's a great well, recovery. You know, it's true. Like, uh, I got a lot better at different exercises, too. So I was never yeah. good at squat. I was never good at deadlifting because I didn't have the flexibility to perform them properly. Mm-hmm. And so now when I go into the weight room, I have a much bigger range of motion. I have a cleaner looking squat, cleaner feeling. And also it's injury prevention prevention during those uh, exercises because I'm more flexible. Yeah. yeah, your mobility plays a very big key role in those exercises. And by the way, just for people that are listening, having the proper technique for especially these lifts that you mentioned, squat, and deadlift, which are excellent power lifting moves to get a better vertical and just a really stronger posterior chain and core, actually. And uh, I'm doing deadlift now, by the way. I don't know if I told you, but I got a personal goal. I want to get to 507 pounds. I got a ways to go, but I'm going to get there. What? How much can you do? I was wondering if you could put that into kilograms for your European No, 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 no. Uh, Oh, I could. What is it? Three, three, sixty. I put it on Instagram at Ryan J Owens. Look it up. I have it on there. I put my goal. I'm going to hit it. But uh, anyways, what I wanted to say is technique is all that matters with those. Once you have the technique down, then it's when you start making progress and putting on more weight. And yeah, it opens up your world to a lot more things. You're more mobile on the court. Last thing I want to wrap up here. But uh, what physical and mental habits do you think you have now that didn't exist when you started playing? Mental habits. Well, I guess I I didn't know the value of video and reviewing the matches in a very unbiased fashion. Because I know you'd think, okay, I had a good match, I did these things well, or I didn't do these things well. But it's all what you remember, and you really do remember very little when it comes to the, to everything that happened in the match. So then lately, especially, I've been watching a lot more video, and you, know, you're, you need to applaud yourself for good, well-thought-out plays or actions, and you need to forgive yourself for the ones that you didn't do so well, but also learn. What was I thinking at that moment? Can I remember that moment? And why wasn't I thinking this? And can I do that in the future? So I think video review is a habit that I've begun uh, taking pretty seriously. It it helps a lot. You see so much more of what is happening globally in the match than you would if you were actually playing it. Mm -hmm. And what physical habits? Uh, Physical habits... I've listened to my body a lot better now. Mm-hmm. So I know what I need in the weight room. I know what I need in practice. I know What's a really like specific example of some some physical habit that you have now that you didn't have when you were younger then? Yeah, I would I'd continue going when I was young. I didn't have the confidence to say, "Okay, I need to I need to take some time. I need to do this. I need to mm-hmm. get in some extra squats at the moment." Like it's it's something that's important to my health. And before, I was just like, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll keep jumping, I'll keep doing that, and then I'm hurt for a week. Yeah. So these, these not really thinking it out and, and being prepared just led to kind of, you know, going into things blindly, whereas now you think about it a little more, you make sure that your body's 
healthy. And if it's not, you make sure it's there before you do it. Yeah, and I make sure I communicate that with the coaching staff and with the personal tra- or with the trainers. Yeah, very key, very key. I'm glad you said that because a lot of young players, I think they they're scared to communicate these things. But coaches should definitely be open to it. And if they're not and you try it, then it's something maybe you want to go to your parents about just to let them know. But uh, yeah, be open to speak with coaches and try to do it before training starts if you know. So that's yeah. a great lesson. So, all right. I want to wrap things up because there's a ton of information. Uh, sure. I definitely want to ask you, though, uh, this is a fun little question I like to ask people because I'm always interested in getting other people's ideas and learning from other people so I can help other people learn, which I've learned giving back is everything. Um, but if you were hosting the show, Beyond Athletic, and you yeah. were going to have a guest on, who would you have on and why? Hmm. Well, I have a friend at that university with. His name is Dan. And Dan was an extremely talented athlete from a from a, a family that, you know, had good income, good jobs, very supporting of him. But he was a short guy. He was a guy that had to work so hard for any of his athletic games. He was gifted in no way. Mm-hmm. And I think that contrast and for where he got to very close to being a member of the national team because of his skill and his hard work and his, uh, how hard he applied himself. And I'd, I'd love to learn more about that because for me, things came easy due to my athleticism and then I had to learn how to work. But for him, it was work as hard as possible every day from day one. Mm-hmm. And what's Dan's last name? Dan Lother. How do you spell that last name? L-O-T-H-E-R. Uh-huh. Be very interested in talking to him, but that's, that's, that's actually interesting that you would say that because a lot of people don't understand that their road is just that. It's their road. And other people had other roads that in this case was the left less gifted and more work um, road, which actually leads to some interesting things, I think, mentally, because I've known a lot of players like that. They're just so strong mentally <clears throat> and nothing can break them down. Sorry. And I, just, I think that's it is incredible. And, and these kind of people have a ton of insight. So. All right. Well, I definitely want to. Uh, before, before I let you get into this last little piece of advice or guidance um, for people that would like to pursue athletics, and uh, if they do, maybe the advice could be something you heard in the past from someone or something you've learned that you wish someone told you. But uh, I'd like to just say something that came up when you were talking earlier, and you said that one of your goals especially in volleyball, is to be the top middle in the world, which I, I really respect, and I, I think you can actually attain that goal. And uh, because with playing with you, I, I saw just tons of potential, and you're already so good. So I wish you luck with that. But I want to read this for you and for everybody else. And it's always dream and shoot higher than you know you can do. Don't bother just to be better than your or contemporaries or predecessors try to be better than yourself and the quote is by William Faulkner and I think it's just fantastic 
because so many people compete against other people and so many people have goals that are leading to competition with others but your goal is a fantastic goal and that you're competing with yourself you want to be the best middle in the world you got to be better than you were the day before and i think that's awesome so what piece of advice or guidance would you like to give to people listening um, yeah i'd like to say that it's normal in life that things are not fair but you it is still your life and you have some control you can make choices so don't give yourself the excuse of oh this is hard or oh this is easier for him or for her that doesn't matter what matters is what you do how you take your situation and what you make of it great advice great advice thanks for that and uh, what's one way people can get in touch with you i'm thinking it's instagram because <laughs> we've talked about this a bunch i know you're not a big uh, social media guy but your instagram yeah. right what what is your instagram handle yeah my instagram handle is just w duff so j u s t w duff and i'm going to put that in the show notes on the website so everybody can have that and is there anything like for instance uh causes or something that you're interested in or that you donate to or things you believe that we should be doing as people to give back to the world um whenever i'm in town i love to go to my local high school or any of my friends who are teachers uh volleyball clinics and i i love to to hang out with them to meet the kids and to do my best with coaching i don't know that it, coaching is something i'm going to pursue in the future but I think if you have a talent, if you're an expert or uh, know a skill, uh, the one of the richest things you can do is pass that on and to help others. And try and find a love for the same thing that you're doing. Yeah, I think that's actually fantastic advice. I just posted something on my Instagram recently. I can't remember exactly. Uh, oh man, what was it? But basically, yes, I I do believe that you know when you when you learn something, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You could be a 5 on a scale of 10 with certain skill, but someone's a 0, someone's a 1, and you can help them get to that 5. You don't have to wait until you're a 9, a 10. And uh that's great because you still haven't become the best middle in the world. And you're still on your road to be, but at the same time you're giving back, so that's wonderful. And that actually lets me finish off with just saying I'm really grateful to know you. I'm grateful to have met in Indonesia. I think you're a fantastic person. You're a gifted athlete. I think you're really you have a lot of potential to go far. You're a great brother. You're definitely a good friend. I I really admire people like you and I'm so thankful for you to come on and share your wisdom of what you've learned so far and your goals with everyone. So thank you so much for that. That was a pleasure, Ryan. Did you like the show? Leave a rating and review on iTunes or stitcher.com so others will find us and share the love. Think of one person that could benefit and send them the link for this episode. For more resources and tips, go to beyondathletic.com or tweet us at @beyondathletic. I appreciate and thank you for listening. What we do in life echoes in eternity. I'm going to show you how great I am. And this concludes our Chicago show. Please stay tuned.